Look for the lesson. That's where we'll find the blessing. Look for the lesson, and that's where you'll find the blessing. See, some of y'all don't went through something in your past, and you call it an L. Man, I done took an L. Yeah, you took an L. But do you, are, are you interpreting that L as a loss, or are you interpreting that L as a lesson? Your attitude determines your altitude. What attitude do I have? Am I looking at this from God's eyes, or am I looking from it from my little selfish, little small eyes? When something is going on in the world, how do I look at it? Do I look at it as, oh, the world is over with? Or do I look at it and say, what is, what's going on here? What is the purpose of this? Why was this permitted? Because, see, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan talked about with the will of God, when he will, when he wants to will a thing into existence, he considers the thoughts and plans of the enemy and uses their plan and uses their will to bring his will more into fruition. So he even considers their thoughts. He considers what they're going to do. So it may appear that they had, they, it appear they won here or they did something here, but that was all a part of the plan the whole time to bring about a greater good. So if we can expand our mindset and see the good out of things, the law of polarity, if we can look and see the good out of what's going on, now we can look at ourselves and say, oh, if we just do this right here, we can use this as our advantage. Look for the lesson. That's where we'll find the blessing. All right. Assalamu alaikum, family. It's your brother, Ben X, and I am live with brother Demetric Muhammad. And we're going to be discussing uh, our brother Deshaun uh, Williams. I'm sorry, Deshaun Jackson and the so-called Jews and what's been going on recently um, in the media, on social media. We know that the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan just recently spoke uh, July 4th. So if you have not seen that, please go see that on NOI.org slash webcast. Um, you can, if you're on YouTube, I heard that they uh, terminated or deleted it off of Revolt TV. It is still up on my YouTube channel as well, Brother Ben X. And I think various channels as well has uh, published a few clips of his as well. So please make sure you go back and see why. They deleted it and hear the minister's words in full, because as I'm about to show you with this opening, they have been taking the minister's words out of context several times. And unlike many others, he has not folded uh, to the pressure of the ADL. He has not folded to the pressure of them. He has always said, hey, just prove me wrong. Then we can move from there. So I want to show you all a clip from the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. And this is from... uh, let me go here. This is from the Donahue show. This is on the Donahue show when he was uh, talking about the minister called Judaism a dirty religion. So I want to show you guys how they've been trying to take him out of context for years. Check it out. You know, we need this, too. And if it's mutual need, then there can be mutual cooperation to find a solution to a problem that is bringing all of America down. See? So let's, let's try to find a way that we can dialogue. Blacks and right. Jews and blacks and whites. I'm not against a relationship, but it just can't be the master-slave relationship. That's all right. over. Uh, but you can't. Um, I assume, given the uh, fallout that ensued in your description of Judaism as a dirty religion, will move you never to use that uh, phrase again. 
I think someone in the audience said uh, we would not be in the place that we're in right now. And I owe him a good debt of gratitude. So I didn't understand how vulnerable. The lie that's told over and over and over and over again. Now I have said over and over again. I have no. Jews and blacks and others believe that I actually said that. Let me. You didn't again. say that? No, I did not. Now you're going to accuse me of taking this out of context. No, I think someone in the audience said we You're accusing me of taking it out of context. This is cut. This is number three. Mr. Let me just say, Minister Farrakhan, sure. I don't get any. This is no joy to be going around the block with you again on this. But when you no smile, to me well, but when you smile, it conveys a kind of oh, stop worrying about this. I know what I meant. This is not the precision of language that we would expect from a man whose mind is so admired by the last person who stood up. Well, now let's, now let's. Here we go again. Roll the tape. Here is your voice and the words uh, graphic. To shield your gutter religion under his holy and righteous name. Now, what? You said that. That's your voice. I want to say that no sane, intelligent, religious person could ever condemn the revealed word of God from the source of purity as dirty or gutter or unclean. The word of God comes to people in the gutter to purify their actions and their conduct and cause them to live upright. But religion is not what we preach. Religion was and is what we practice. And that's why Moses told Israel, obey the law and statutes and commandments that I give you this day. Jesus said, be ye doers of the word and not just hearers of the word. And Muhammad taught that mere belief counts for nothing except that it is carried into practice. I close this, and I hope I never have to answer this again. Black people are in this country because so-called Christians, not practicing the true word of Jesus Christ, right. were practicing a dirty religion. Right. Some so-called Muslims were involved in the slave trade. And in some wicked dealings in Africa, not doing what the prophet said, but practicing dirty religion. So Muslim and I said, sir, that Israel practiced dirty religion, taking the land from the Palestinians, using lying, thieving, and murderer, and the name of God as a shield for their dirty practice in the name of God. Uh. And this is a travesty in religion. Uh-huh. So that was the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan breaking it down as he always does. And today I want to introduce our brother, Demetric Muhammad, who also has a book called Didn't Y'all Kill Malcolm that y'all have to uh, please go check out um, as well. He is a brother who has been 
a research minister for a long time. I actually love the way he do his PowerPoints. I just reached out to him recently about how he do his PowerPoints because um, I like how he has the words big with the minister, you know, with the PNG files. So that's all that tech talk. But I always love to hear how he defends the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, then produces books with the minister's words and the Honorable Elijah Muhammad's words, making it plain for us who have the modern uh, a little bit more modern understanding. So he's able to break the Quran down. He has principles and all kind of things. He has a book called how to police the black community with the words of the honorable Elijah Muhammad and the honorable minister Louis Farrakhan. So he is a brother who has been uh, doing a great job in helping defend the honorable minister Louis Farrakhan as well. So please, for those who don't know who you are, please introduce yourself. Let us know what mocks you are out of and let them know where they can go to your website to support you as well. Assalamu alaikum, Brother Ben. Wa alaikum salam. I want to first of all say it is a great honor uh, to be on with you tonight, a brother who I have great love, admiration, and respect for personally, as well as the work that you do to share and spread truth, particularly the truth that is contained within the life-giving teachings of the most honorable Elijah Muhammad. And so I'm very appreciative of the opportunity to be here with you tonight in your uh, wonderful audience. Uh, as you stated, uh, I'm Brother Demetric Muhammad, and I'm a student minister under the uh, direct tutelage of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan as a member of his research team. And uh, I also work uh, out of Muhammad's Mosque, number 55, in Memphis, Tennessee, and Allah has blessed us to work in various capacities uh, in the Nation of Islam's prison ministry where we have served a diverse uh, array of our brothers and sisters who are incarcerated or as it is said inside the belly of the beast and we have traveled extensively throughout America uh, visiting mosques and churches community centers colleges and high schools and uh, taking advantage of all available platforms for us to represent Minister Farrakhan, to defend Minister Farrakhan, and to defend our people. And so, uh, again, we're very honored to have the privilege and the opportunity to be here with you tonight and to talk about some of the swirling controversies that have, as of late, entered into the mainstream news cycle, as well as uh, has become the talk and the subject of conversation in many homes barbershops, beauty salons, etc. So again, thank you so much, dear brother, for having us. As you mentioned, our books are available. Many of them are available on Amazon.com. Our latest book, uh, But Didn't You Kill Malcolm? Myth-Busting the Propaganda Against the Nation of Islam. It is exclusively available on our website, as well as our other titles, ResearchMinister.com. Well, I want to jump right into it. Uh, we just seen the clip of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan being asked uh, once again about uh, him calling Judaism a dirty religion. And this is something that they repeated over and over, making him explain himself over and over again until one time I seen him say, I'm not explaining it no more. I don't already explain that. Uh, I, I guess they had asked him way one too many times. So can you go into why do you think they continue to ask the minister and pose that question? as if they don't know, knowing he's already given us the answer? Well, Brother Ben, that's a great question. And the continuous raising 
of this issue with the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan is a part of a phenomenon called ritual defamation. Uh, we were blessed to publish an article in the Final Call newspaper several weeks ago called Ritual Defamation. And so what has happened is, is that the enemies of black America, who are the adversaries of Minister Farrakhan, have chosen to obfuscate the truth and have chosen to sidestep uh, the grievances uh, on behalf of black America that Minister Farrakhan has raised uh, by continuing to name call him and to engage in personal attacks, what is called in critical thinking ad hominem attacks. So basically, in order for them not to ever have to deal with any of the substantive critiques that Minister Farrakhan has raised against white America, against members of the Jewish community, they just simply involve themselves in name calling. And it's not difficult to understand. Many of us probably went through this when we were children. Sometimes when we may have been arguing against someone who didn't really have an argument to refute our argument, then that person allowed themselves to get involved in name calling. Sometimes in the hood, when a person doesn't have anything else to say, they will just lash out and say, your mama. And so the members of the Jewish community who continue repeatedly to label Minister Farrakhan as an anti-Semite is really kind of their way of saying your mama. We don't really have any way to refute your arguments. And in fact, we want to hide your arguments from the public. We want to keep your arguments and the evidence that you have lifted, primarily from Jewish sources, scholars, rabbis, and historians. We want to hide that from the general public so that the public can never realize that what you're saying actually has merit, is credible, and is a truth that should be dealt with that helps to expose hidden hands that have had a primary role in what has become the Black Holocaust. Mm, that's heavy. Now, when it comes to um, the ADL list, what is the importance of that ADL list? And whenever anybody stands out or stands up and criticizes the Jewish community, even when it's in truth and quoting their Jewish scholars, what is the importance of them making sure that they put you on that ADL hate list? Well, whenever the Anti-Defamation League of B'nai B'rith lists a person or a group as an anti-Semite, this is a signal to all who are in any kind of relationship with members of the Jewish community that this person who has been so dubbed anti-Semitic or anti-Semite is to be deprived of resources, to be considered persona non grata, and that is to be distanced from uh, in the public, uh, it is similar to having a scarlet letter A embroidered on your clothing. If we remember when we were growing up in grade school, we probably had to read that story called the scarlet letter. And in the scarlet letter, there was a woman who the townsfolk uh, saw become pregnant. And she had actually become pregnant out of wedlock. And so in that time period, in order to be, for her to become the object of public ridicule and scorn and shame, she was forced to place a scarlet or a red letter A on all of her garments so that wherever she went, her sins would follow her. And so people would shun her and wouldn't have anything to do with her. Uh, otherwise, they would risk censure or they would risk losing uh, their good standing 
in that society. So in the modern era, this is what the term anti-Semite is used for. It is used to scapegoat. It is used to marginalize and isolate anyone who is courageous enough to identify that there are members of the Jewish community who have been involved in wrongdoing as it relates to black people in our history in America. When you begin to speak and to criticize, it doesn't matter the language that you use. It could be uh, sweet language. It could be bombastic rhetoric. But whatever it may be, once you are labeled as an anti-Semite, then you become marginalized. You become isolated. And oftentimes, as as has been in the case of the Nation of Islam, uh, economic opportunities are deprived of you. Some people will remember that many years ago, it was the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan who had began a personal care product line called Clean and Fresh Products. He secured a $5 million loan from the North African state of Libya. And our great brother, Muammar Gaddafi, and Minister Farrakhan took the proceeds of that loan and de- deposited them in a black bank in Chicago. He had secured the participation of Mr. George Johnson of Johnson Hair Care Products. He had agreed to help Minister Farrakhan. But once it made the mainstream media that all of this was taking place and the minister began to be dubbed as an anti-Semite, Mr. Johnson had to come to the minister and say, Brother Minister, I've been threatened. My distributors say I can manufacture as much product as I want, but if I help you, my product will sit and rot in warehouses because they won't distribute my product and I'll go out of business if I help you. Mm. A black bank, which we know by definition, if you're a black bank, you're a struggling bank. And yet a black bank was forced to turn down a $5 million deposit. And they call Minister Farrakhan and say, Minister Farrakhan, please come and get your money because we can't receive it. And so all of this are the results of the minister and the nation being made or or being made out to be a label anti-Semite. It has meant for black America that many of the plans and initiatives, many of the solutions that God revealed to the minister for the benefit of all of our people have been sabotaged as a result of the false charge of anti-Semitism. So in truth, Brother Ben, John and Jane Q. Public in black America probably don't even know what the term anti-Semite means. However, this is certainly not a case where ignorance is bliss because the term anti-Semite has been used to hinder solutions coming to black America from the nation of Islam. Yes, sir. That takes me into one of my next questions. What is a Semite? You know, so before we get into anti this and anti that, what actually is a true Semite? Can you break that down? Yes, sir, my brother. Uh, The term Semite is a term used to describe an ethnic group of people. It is also a term used to describe a group of languages. And the people in the languages, by and large, are people of color. And they live in and around what is called today the Middle East or the ancient Near East. And so certainly most in the black community would be considered Semitic people or Semite people, even though in truth, We are the original people of the planet, but to the extent that the definition for Semitic people includes people of color from that region of the world, we would also come under that description as well. Many of us, 
And so what has happened over time is that that term has been co-opted. It has been weaponized and it has been made to have a connotation that is a radical departure from its denotation. And the connotation of a Semite is a Jew. But all Jews are Semites and all Semites are not Jews. And so that term is used uh, to be a weapon again against critics of Jewish misconduct in the public sphere. Question, is there a difference between the Caucasian and Jews? And if so, what is the difference? Well, the Caucasian is a term that is used to describe white people. Now, as a student of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, I have to respond to your question from the life-giving teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, because it is his teachings that shed the greatest of all light upon such a question. And so the Honorable Elijah Muhammad has taught to us that throughout the global uh, rulership and domination of the planet Earth that has been the rule of Caucasian people for at least 4,000 years. They were given 6,000 years to exist, but they spent 2,000 years as savages in the caves and the hillsides of Europe. But once they became the recipients of wisdom from God that came through the prophet Musa or Moses, they began to rise and they began to emerge from a savage state to go on to their divine destiny, which was to be a new ruler in the earth, to have a contrary rule on God's earth. And so there was a group of them who mastered what Musa taught them. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad said that Musa shared with them some of the forgotten technology of their father, Mr. Yaqub. Some in the Caucasian people at that time, 4,000 years ago, they gave Musa a very hard time as he worked to civilize them. But there were those who studied what Musa taught. And they became in the leadership of the white race all over the world. They have been a minority, but they, that minority has been the rulership of global white supremacy and domination. And so, by and large, they have populated or constituted the members of the Jewish community. And so, the Jewish people that we uh, have some knowledge of, mainly are the Ashkenazi and the Sephardic. But there's also a group of black Jews called the Falasha, which live in Africa. And so Judaism and Jewishness is a big subject, but by and large, we understand their role in the rulership of the planet of all white people as being those that are the leaders among the Caucasian race. Yes, sir. Now, we want to get to the slides. If there's not anything else that you want to cover, or do you want to get right into the slides now? We can go right into the slides, dear brother. Okay, so we have up that first slide. Minister Farrakhan's message was viewed by 1.8 million viewers in the first 24 hours. You just let me know when to go to the next slide. You can go to the next slide, my brother. All right. Okay, we're on the next slide. We have up the minister, and then we have up uh, what's trending. 
Yes, sir. We, we just wanted to make a few points because we understand that nowadays so much information circulates that we have learned that, you know, documentation defeats conversation. And so in these slides, we document some of the points that we believe are important points. And so, so much controversy has emerged as a result of the minister's magnificent message. And uh, I was happy to see you there, Brother Ben, yes, and happy to meet your son, beautiful son. I, I tried to tell him I seen his photo in social media, but he was like a celebrity that I was honored to meet. <laughs> so, you know, Brother Ben, we were there in the garden with our beloved minister, enjoying the ambiance of the environment, the beauty of the scenery, and we were blessed with a magnificent message. And one of the things that I concluded was that, you know, there's a benefit to the shelter in place and the quarantining of the people. And that benefit has been, I believe, is that many people in the privacy of their own home, without interference from extended family members, without interference from co-workers and colleagues, have began to privately investigate the ministry of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. And many have been, I would say, becoming converted to the reality that Minister Farrakhan, in spite of the negative propaganda that has been attached to him, they have come to agree that Minister Farrakhan is a man that speaks the truth. So one of the things that added to this uh, great number of 1.8 million in 24 hours, that is a number that is almost identical to the 1.6 to 1.8 million men who showed up in 1995 to be with the minister for the Million Man March. We saw that in the lead up to the minister's message, uh, celebrities, entertainers, and high-profile brothers and sisters, people that heretofore had never shown any interest publicly in Minister Farrakhan's message, they began to share to their social media followers the promo material for the minister's message. And so I want to thank the likes of Chelsea Handler and Jennifer Aniston and Buster Rhymes and T.I. and uh, two chains and Layla Hathaway and so many other, uh, Carrie Hilson, so many other brothers and sisters who said, you know what? In times like these, we need to all listen to the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. And so it was a great day. And as we were with, blessed to be with the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, uh, the next day on Sunday afternoon and received reports from his social media representative, Brother Abdul Kiyam Muhammad, he was sharing with the minister that also for the very first time, the minister trended in terms of Google search results. Mm. He trended on Twitter, but he had never trended in the top five or the top 10 Google search results. So it was a magnificent victory that we see soon thereafter his enemies and his adversaries came out to work to interfere with the effect and the impact of his growing and spreading message. Praise be to Allah. Okay, the next question, uh, next slide, the minister has defended us. We must all defend the minister. Yeah, I, I wanted to say, Brother Ben, you know, uh, you introduced me as someone that has devoted themselves 
to the defense of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. And sometimes when the members of the Nation of Islam defend Minister Farrakhan, people feel like, well, okay, we expect you all to do that because he's your man. You know, certainly people would say, well, I would defend my pastor. I would defend my preacher. I would defend my imam against slander, libel, and uh, public ridicule. But I want those throughout black America to understand that the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan does not just belong to the Nation of Islam and its membership. He has told us, Brother Ben, and you will bear me witness. He said, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad told me, Brother, I don't want you thinking or conceiving of yourself as speaking for a small group of people, the Muslims. But brother, I want you to conceive of yourself and to in actuality think and speak for the whole, starting with the whole of our people and really the whole of humanity. And I think on one of the slides, we show just some of the prominent people that Minister Farrakhan has defended over the years. He has spoken out in defense of the Bloods, of the Crips, of Vice Lord, of GD. He has defended black mayors, black politicians. He has defended entertainers and athletes. Whenever there is a prominent brother or sister who comes into the uh, difficult situation where their uh, reputation is suffering and they're about to lose all that they have, you'll find Minister Farrakhan entering into the equation to use his good name and reputation with the people to cause our people to understand what's really taking place and to see the hidden hand of our enemy. So, you know, Brother Ben, I, I'm, I'm not ashamed to say that, you know, I feel some kind of way when Minister Farrakhan, who has defended us, uh, has to essentially defend himself or has to suffer without an adequate defense that should come, in my humble opinion, from throughout black America, not just from the nation of Islam. I have a question. We know that the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan has talked about not getting in the gutter with people, um, engage in intelligent discourse, things of that nature. So we have those instructions. But have you got any detailed uh, critiques or detailed little game that you can share with the younger generation who's online and want to defend the minister. You got the, you got people from over here, your own people. You got the white people. You got this. You got articles. And everybody's coming at the minister. What advice can you share, you know, from yourself or that you've got from the minister that you can share to help us in defending him the best way? Because oftentimes, you know, I know the minister has talked about sometimes the way you defend me can harm me sometimes, you know. So the way we represent the minister or represent ourselves as students of his it, you know, in our minds, we're defending him, but actually we're doing, you know, a disservice. So what game can you give uh, on that situation? It's a great question, Brother Ben. I would say this. You know, first of all. Defend the minister and speak up for the minister the best way you know how. That's first and foremost. I don't want anyone to be inhibited or to say I would like to say something 
on behalf of Minister Farrakhan, but I'm not a polished speaker or I have not been trained as a representative or a spokesperson. Again, when your mother is insulted, it doesn't take a whole lot of training. Don't take a whole lot of know-how to defend mom. And in truth, Brother Ben, this analogy really is appropriate for Minister Farrakhan because Minister Farrakhan's leadership is really characterized, even though he's a man. Now, don't get this twisted. The minister is 100, 1,000% man. However, his leadership style is really characterized by having unconditional love for his people. And this unconditional love is similar to the love of a mother for her child. So now at a certain point, the child has to grow and say, you know, mom has looked out for me. And now I'm going to look out for mom. I'm not going to let no one insult my mother. I'm not going to let anyone speak ill of her. When I was growing up in the black community, Brother Ben, when somebody talked about your mother, those were immediately, instantaneously, instantaneously, pardon me, fighting words. So that's the first thing I would say, you know, do what you know to do until you learn how to do better. And that gets into your question. Certainly those of us who are students of Minister Farrakhan should seek to defend him in the magnificent and sterling way that he has defended his teacher, the most honorable Elijah Muhammad. Peace, family. Thank you for checking out the Brother Ben X podcast. Many people are wondering, what can I do now since digital real estate closed on October the 1st? I still want to learn how to make money on social media. I still want to learn how to market. And I still want to learn how to build my brand. Well, there's one more way that you can do it. It's a couple ways, but I want to tell you all about the ABS tribe. The ABS tribe is weekly coaching every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday for only $50 a month. If you are looking for accountability, if you're looking for a group of people that's willing to inspire you, help you out, support you, encourage you, you want to get inside of our ABS tribe because every Tuesday and Thursday, me and brother Jake or one of our more top million dollar friends or six figure friends are on teaching you every single week. If you want to join the ABS tribe, go to www.whatisabstribe.com. www.whatisabstribe.com. This means that the minister has a knowledge of his teacher. He has a knowledge of both the man and the man's message. And he often defends his teacher using scripture, using history, using science, using other forms of empirical data. But at the end of the day, be motivated and moved out of your love to set the record straight regarding a man who has been nothing but love for us as a people. He has been the premier leader in black America for the last 40 plus years. And he is a man that does not deserve the wicked slander, libel, and just outright falsehood that is associated with him. 
certainly you can visit my website, researchminister.com, and you can tweet and share on Facebook and Instagram the content you find there. You can go to the research group website, noirg.org. Just tweet and put on Instagram and Facebook the content that you find there. Dr. Wesley Muhammad, my brother, colleague, and friend, go to his site. Go to the website of Ilya Rashad Muhammad, Nation Brothers. Go to noi.org. Go to finalcall.com. Go to the website of Brother Ben X. Go and share that which you hear come from Brother Reza Islam. There are those of us who are taking a vanguard position. And so if you want to just say something on behalf of the minister, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. We have content available for you just to share on your respective platforms to those whom you have a sphere of influence over. Now, I think you are the per, uh, the perfect person to be on for this next question. We all know, speaking of defending the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, the minister has done such a magnificent job in raising up the black man and woman that all they can do is go back decades ago. They can't bring up nothing new. They always want to go decades ago, decades ago, even after people have explained, have shared, things have been revealed, things have been shown um, and of course it is, well, the minister is the one who killed Malcolm. Now, you got some that are actually try to make you think he the one who pulled the trigger. So um, how do we defend that? I know you have a book out and the book was approved by the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. So for all of the, uh, the, the youth out there that love the minister, they heard him on the 4th. And when they heard him on the 4th, they was telling their friends or they was telling their family. And the family member said, boy, don't you know he killed Malcolm? Boy, don't you know he the one who, you know, got Malcolm X killed and it and it and it moves them a little bit, you know, because maybe they didn't know or they don't know the exact words to say or to respond. How do we properly defend uh, this topic? Wonderful question, Brother Ben. First of all, I would just say this. Minister Farrakhan to suggest that Minister Farrakhan killed Malcolm X is an outright lie. And it is a specific component of a strategy. It is a part of the propaganda campaign that is common to what all strong black leaders and black organizations have experienced over the years during our sojourn here in America. The federal government under the FBI and J. Edgar Hoover, one of their primary objectives was to discredit so-called black nationalist leaders. They called them hate-type leaders or hate-type movements. So when people talking about Minister Farrakhan teaches hate, that's not a new allegation. That same allegation was applied to Malcolm X at a certain point, Dr. King, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, Marcus Garvey, you name it. The uh, tools with which are used to destroy black leaders and black organizations they haven't really changed much over the years. They are implemented, however, today just using modern technology. So as it relates to the assassination of Malcolm X, one of the first facts I will point out is that the association of Minister Farrakhan's name with the assassination of Malcolm X did not start until 1994, almost 30 years after Malcolm's assassination. And it was developed 
by Jack Newfeld and Gabe Pressman. They created the so-called Farrakhan Kill Malcolm X mythology. So again, for 30 years, after all kinds of law enforcement agencies, researchers, writers, biographers, family members, skeptics, critics on both sides, looking into the assassination of Malcolm X, for 30 years, nobody publicly pronounced Minister Farrakhan was involved in Malcolm's assassination. Second, the young brother and sister should understand, murder has no statute of limitations. Right. If they can prove that you killed somebody 100 years ago, guess what? They're coming to arrest you, and you might be 102 years old. If they convict you, you're going to prison. So if Minister Farrakhan, if there was evidence that Minister Farrakhan was involved in Malcolm's assassination, as much as they hate him, as we've already discussed, they have taken down his message from Revolt TV. They've taken it down from other platforms. They don't want the general public to even hear the minister. So if they had evidence that he participated in a murder and a high profile political assassination, he would have been in prison many long years ago. The last thing I'll say about that without divulging too much of what's in the book, because we go into detail with regard to this in the book. And before you continue, the book is on the screen with that book that you see right there, that picture, that is the book uh, that you can order. And what's the website they can get it from? Researchminister.com. That's where you can get that book from. Researchminister.com. But didn't you kill Malcolm? Go ahead. Yes, sir. The, The last thing I wanted to say was this, my brother. And that is that, um, Oftentimes, they go into the archives of the Muhammad Speaks newspapers, which was the official publication of the Nation of Islam. At that time, Minister Farrakhan wrote a series of articles. He wrote four articles in which he, along with other members of the nation, including Malcolm's own biological brother, Minister Filbert, they wrote reacting to Malcolm's decision to scandalize the name of his teacher, the most honorable Elijah Muhammad in the public. And so what many people who study Bible and Quran may understand, but if you don't, I'll share with you. One of the duties of faith, one of the duties of the believer, as is spelled out in both the Bible and the Holy Quran, is to defend the faith. And so not motivated out of jealousy or envy, as many authors have tried to assign this motive to what Minister Farrakhan and others did, they were motivated instead out of the desire to defend the Honorable Elijah Muhammad against the charges that Malcolm had leveled against him, which were false. And so many people who like to uh, promote the propaganda campaign that Farrakhan killed Malcolm, they point to the minister's article where he said, Such a man as Malcolm is worthy of death. But the statement continues when the minister said, and it would have been so if it were not for the Honorable Elijah Muhammad's faith in Allah for victory over his enemies. Now, that's very important to understand because Malcolm was not the first dissident or first defector from the nation of Islam 
that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad dealt with. And so Minister Farrakhan is here now referencing the history of his teacher and being patient and waiting for Allah to deal with those that opposed him. Going all the way back to the 30s when his own blood brother and other members of the Temple of Islam at that time who did not agree with Master Farah Muhammad's choice of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad to be in the leadership of the nation, they opposed the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. And the Honorable Elijah Muhammad never chose violence as a way to deal with those that opposed him. No, he just simply distanced himself from them to preserve his own life, and he continued to teach the word that God had revealed to him. And ultimately, some of them died, but others learned in time that they were wrong for having opposed the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, and they came back and apologized. So he was granted a victory that did not involve violence at all. And so this is the context of which Minister Farrakhan spoke what he spoke. By contrast, Brother Ben, during the same period of time, you had Cassius Clay, Muhammad Ali, championship fighter, became the heavyweight champion of the world. He made a statement such as this. He said Malcolm X and anyone else who opposes the messenger of God will die. End quote. So now, why haven't we ever heard of Muhammad Ali's name being associated with Malcolm's assassination? Reason being, even though his statement, by contrast, was much more ominous, much more foreboding, much more conclusive than Malcolm would surely die because he opposed his teacher. But you've never heard the name Muhammad Ali associated with Malcolm's assassination. And it's because our brother became a cash cow for the sport of boxing. Just a few years before he died, I read an article where he sold the lion's share, about 80% interest in the commercial rights to his name, a name, mind you, given to him by the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. He later sold the commercial rights to it for about $50 million, if, if I'm not mistaken. And so we see here the selective nature of accusations regarding the nation of Islam and others who kill Malcolm, which lets us to know that this charge and this allegation is not based upon truth, facts, or evidence, but hidden motives, hidden agendas. I say this and close the point out. This mythology was created in 1994. Go back in time for a moment. The minister began the rebuilding of the nation in 1997. For seven years, he was outside the public view. He wouldn't do interviews. He wouldn't do media. He was like the proverbial Johnny Appleseed. He was just going around sowing seeds of the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, establishing little study groups, establishing little mosques. And so at a certain point, he comes and he makes a bold announcement and people begin to flock to him. He's filling stadiums and arenas with the rebuilt nation of Islam. Yes, that nation of Islam that J. Edgar Hoover hated more than any other black group. That nation of Islam that everybody thought died in 1975. People were shocked that it had come back and come back so strong. In the late 80s, you had the emergence of the crack epidemic. 
mid to late 80s. You had the escalation of gang warfare, black on black crime. And the minister was filling up stadiums and arenas. Brother Ben, in 1992, Minister Farrakhan had more people to come out to hear his message in Atlanta, Georgia, than they did across town at the World Series mm. in 1992. My point is, is that this frightened those who are the leaders in white America. And so they had to then look to see what other black leader could they use to redirect black people to that they approved of to take away from the growing influence of Louis Farrakhan. They couldn't find any living leader that they could promote. They couldn't find no living leader that they could get behind to make him an adversary of Farrakhan. And guess what they had to do, Brother Ben? They had to go into the cemeteries. And they had to then lift up. They had to resurrect Brother Malcolm posthumously, meaning from beyond death to now make him an icon, someone that black youth loved and admired. I say they did this because when Brother Malcolm died, and we deal with this extensively in the book, Malcolm was hated. The obituaries about Malcolm X were like propaganda pieces. They slandered Brother Malcolm. They talked about how he preached violence and how he wasted his potential and all of these kinds of things. America hated Malcolm when he died. But in the early 1990s, they said, let's bring Malcolm back. Let's clean up his image. Let's introduce a sanitized version of Brother Malcolm. Let's fill the hearts of black youth with Brother Malcolm. And then we'll tell the youth, you love Brother Malcolm? Well, look at Minister Farrakhan. That's the man that killed him. And they were really hoping, Brother Ben, that some young brother or sister who had fallen in love with Malcolm would rise up and attempt to assassinate Minister Farrakhan. That's what they were hoping. But Allah did not permit that propaganda strategy to really do what they wanted it to do, because in the same period of time, Minister Farrakhan and Dr. Betty Shabazz reconciled at the Apollo Theater. And it helped to bring unity and healing to black America. I don't mean to prolong it, but, you know, that's a subject that's near and dear to my heart. So I better put a pen in it before <laughs> I be told the whole book. <laughs> yes, sir. Before we get to the next slide, you made a great point that I want to share on the screen real quick. All right, let me move this right here and make sure that they can see it. All right. So if y'all can see our screen um, right now. I want to show y'all something. Now, he mentioned Muhammad Ali, which is uh, I was going to ask him about that because we know and the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan was not present at the scene. You know, you can try to say he did it all you want to. Actual facts is actual facts. He wasn't even in the city. So to say he killed him um, is just uh, a lie. Then you may say, well, it was his words who did it. Well, if it's truly, if you're truly mad at the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan because of his words, like Brother Dimitri said, you don't hear Muhammad Ali's name brought up and many others who was angry as well. So the same way you get on YouTube and you get on Instagram and you get on Facebook and you say things out of anger. Well, that's the same thing that happened at that time. But you aren't charged with the murder. And so I want to go here because this is Thomas Hager um, from a CNN article. 
And I want you to look at what he said here. This is CNN. You literally can go look this up. Malcolm X killer freed after 44 years. Look at the question that he's asked. Did they receive orders from the nation to carry this out, to carry out the killing? Look at what he says. I can't say that anyone, see, I can't say that anyone in the nation gave us the idea or instructed us to do it. We did this ourselves for the most part. Yes. Now, this is Thomas Hayer or Hagen uh, in some translations that they say as well or some articles. This is coming from him himself. So, uh, Brother Demetric, have you touched on that part in the uh, book where the actual shooter, the one who was arrested, has already came out and kind of explained? Yes, sir, Brother Ben, and I'm glad you raised that because uh, his quote is included. Uh, several quotes from him are included in the book. But one of the reasons why that quote in particular is so significant is because that was a statement that was a response to a question at his parole hearing. So, so let's check the scene for a minute. You know, I, I work with our brothers and sisters who are incarcerated on a regular basis. When it comes time for you to go for parole or you're being considered for probation, you're really hoping that the board will grant that to you. And so they ask you a series of questions. Do you have a job? Do you have a home plan? What are you going to do? Are you going to be able to successfully complete the conditions of your parole? And you're in a position where you want to say the right thing. So you will receive a favorable answer. The reason why that statement is so important is because it shows that when in a position where blaming the nation for his actions would have potentially benefited him and helped him, the only admitted killer refused to implicate the nation of Islam. Mm, that's a good point. This would have potentially helped him get free because he knows that the general public wants to say that the nation was responsible. But he said in that very critical situation, I can't say that. I can't say it was the nation. So I, that's a very important quote. And I want to say about that brother. Because in our book, we wanted to be fair to everyone that was involved, including Minister Malcolm, which we see this book in as much as, is a, in as, much as it is a defense of the nation and its leadership. It also is a defense of Malcolm and his legacy. But people should understand that Brother Thomas Hagen was remorseful of his actions and that once he was incarcerated, he devoted himself to the process of self-improvement and betterment. And he, along with other members of the black Muslim community, literally had a heroic role in the legendary Attica riots in Attica prison in New York State. 
when the inmates rose up in Attica and they there were civilians in the prison, the black brothers from the Nation of Islam and the other Muslim groups, they formed a barrier of protection between the rioting inmates and the innocent civilians. And Thomas Hagen uh, was a part of that. And so seeing as how now we always want to forgive those who are the enemies of black America, we always want to say, well, the modern day white people, they didn't own slaves, so we shouldn't hold them accountable. Let's let bygones be bygones. I think that as uh, horrible as Mr. Hagan's actions were in the unlawful assassination of Minister Malcolm X, that wasn't the end of the story for him. And we now have to no longer place our sights on the nation of Islam, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, Minister Farrakhan, or even Thomas Hagan. But we now have to see the hidden hands that we discuss in the book that came from the federal government, as well as from the Anti-Defamation League of B'nai Britain. Yes, sir. All right, we're going to get right back to the slides. Uh, the next slide was the criterion. And then we have on the side here, Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. Yes, um, I wanted to show that the minister is being opposed and he's having to suffer a form of censorship whereby his messages that benefit our people and benefit humanity, powerful members of the Jewish community are prevailing upon the owners of social media companies, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, etc., to ban the minister and to censor his messages. When we have been led to believe that in America we all have freedom of speech, we have been led to believe that this is an idea where even controversial ideas have the freedom to be expressed. We have been led to believe that the educational system prepares the American people to be critical thinkers, to be able to hear someone that may be an objectionable spokesperson and to be able to sift the good and the bad from any form of communication or speech. Yet the minister's First Amendment rights are being violated. The minister is being unfairly censored. And so I want us to see what the reasons why I say we all should stand up and defend Minister Farrakhan. Again, you ask, how do we defend Minister Farrakhan? If we can say nothing else, we can say, like the blind man said in the Gospels with respect to Jesus. He said, I don't know who the man was. I don't know if he's a good man or a bad man. All I know is that what I once was blind, but because of this man, now I see. And so we need to unite as a people because in as much as I see us in social media, we share all of our favorite images from our favorite leaders of the past. Oh, we share Harriet Tubman's image. We share Dr. King's image. We share Brother Malcolm's image. There are those who share Marcus Garvey's image. 
in the religious world, we share the image of Jesus. But guess what, Brother Ben? God did not permit us to share time and space with any of the great leaders of the past. But he has blessed us to share time and space with the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. So I say very candidly, don't act like you would have been down with Brother Malcolm if you had to live back then, if you won't stand up for Minister Farrakhan today. Don't act like you would have been down with Dr. King back then, if you won't be down with Minister Farrakhan today. Don't act like you would have lifted your voice against the Jewish leaders and the Roman government against Jesus 2,000 years ago, if you won't lift your voice I guess a man who is literally walking in Jesus's footsteps today in the person of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Yes, sir. Next slide is uh, we have up. The minister has stood and defended the black community. But will the black community stand and defend the minister? And then on the right hand side, we have the short list of black leaders, groups and prominent men and women who have benefited from the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan defending them in the court of public opinion and privately pastoring them uh, through serious life trials and tribulations. You know, Brother Ben, again, this is just, you know, the tip of the iceberg in terms of the minister's record of defending our people. In our book, Who Do They Say I Am?, where we catalog the testimonies of important men and women as it relates to Minister Farrakhan. There was one brother, Professor Andre C. Willis. He's a theology professor. And he was candid enough to say that, you know, there's nobody who has been a better or stronger defender, a more ardent defender of black humanity than has been Minister Farrakhan. And so I say then, Let's give the minister what he's already given to us, and that is let's respond to his enemies. To be clear, the enemies of Minister Farrakhan are not people who hate Minister Farrakhan, but love all the rest of us. I I just want to make that very clear. In fact, about it, they hate the minister because of his beneficial impact on all of the rest of us. So his enemies are our enemies, and we should understand that there will never be a black leader who really is effective for us that the white power structure will ever approve of. Pharaoh was not in love with Moses and Aaron, so he really kind of had to hate them by default. In other words, the slave master will always hate the slave who threatens to free all of the slaves from his possession. This is why they hate Minister Farrakhan. And so I hope to inspire us by giving us this brief education into what all the minister has done. Now you asked about Brother Malcolm. I say this and we can move on. In 1994, the FBI used an informant, Michael Fitzpatrick, he pretended to be in love with the daughter of Malcolm X, Kubila Shabazz. She had a son. She wanted a husband. She wanted to get a life on track. They had been children together. He said, Kabila, I love you. Hey, 
what about if we kill Farrakhan? And so she didn't know that he was an informant. She agreed because in a state of hurt over the loss of her father and misunderstanding of the facts of history, she went along with it. She was arrested. And the authorities came to Minister Farrakhan and say, Farrakhan, we have arrested the daughter of Malcolm X for plotting your death. Guess what Minister Farrakhan did? Minister Farrakhan said, you know what? I know Malcolm's children. I knew them since they were babies. And I don't believe Kubila really wanted to kill me. And so to make the long story short, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan held an event that was actually a fundraiser, Brother Ben, mm. for Malcolm's daughter, who had been arrested for planning his assassination. And they raised over $250,000. So pause to reflect. If you would have done that, Brother Ben, mm. if I would have done that, Brother Ben, the authorities say, Brother Ben, as a man I hear that implied your assassination, would you be man enough or wise enough to say, okay, well, let me go and help that man raise money for his defense? Not an, Who not, does that? <laughs> Who does that? So I want the public to understand the reason why we ride hard for the minister, why we tend those ten toes down for Minister Farrakhan, is because this is a man that is a good human being. He is a man motivated out of pure love. That's why I say he's like a maternal figure in black America, even though he's a man, because his love is unconditional. He can forgive his enemies every weekend. We are out in the streets of Chicago or New York or somewhere black on black crime. What do we do? Our brother mean mugged us seeing us come in the club. So then we shoot him. He may just have had, you know, <laughs> heartburn and just looked in our direction. We say, oh, man, why that nigga mean mugging me? Go get the strap. And we kill one another very easily. But with, in the case of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, he has allowed his own people to rebuke him, to insult him. And he never, he never has said to any of his followers, I want you to go and do harm to this person. And to be sure, the minister has an army with him. An army, as he put it, one that is seen and one that is unseen. And yet a man in such a powerful position has never even hinted that he wanted harm to come to any of his adversaries. So many people ask me, Brother Ben asks, man, how do I know that you're going live? How do I know when you're producing a podcast? And I saw you also just made $130,000 in two days. Well, there's a way that you guys can get informed from us via text message. All you have to do is text 50K to 210-504-4094, and we'll give you more information with free game, and we'll let you guys know how we made $130,000 in two days. Text the word 50K. To 210-504-4094 will give you updates, notifications, and let you guys know how we made 130000 in two days. Peace. He said, if Allah blesses me, I will win them in time. And so 
we should defend the minister because he's defended us. Praise be to Allah. Next slide, we have the white power structure never approved any of our leaders. We have black leadership in Jesus. We got Malcolm X, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, Marcus Garvey, Martin Luther King, and the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Then we have black leadership character assassinations. The great black leaders, Booker T. Washington, Malcolm X, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, Martin Luther King Jr., Paul uh, Robeson, and the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. And then on the other side, we have slaughtered after death, Uncle Tom, bisexual, dirty old man, adulterer, communist, anti-Semite. I wanted to share those, Brother Ben, just to make, you know, a very important point. Some people would say, well, I don't agree with everything Farrakhan say. Well, that's fine. They're husbands and wives. They love each other and they don't agree with everything each other say. They are fathers and sons that love each other. They don't agree with everything each other say. Mothers and daughters the same way. I want people to understand defending Minister Farrakhan is defending black leadership. Black leadership has traveled in the path that Jesus traveled for many years. They have either been the victims of physical assassination, but they certainly were the victims of character assassination. And nowadays, Brother Ben, popular biographies and history books about black leadership frequently tries to add some type of spin such that the young brothers and sisters, they said, well, man, I like Booker T. He built Tuskegee, but they say he was an Uncle Tom. I like Dr. King and led the march on Washington, but they say he was cheating on his wife. I like Brother Malcolm and I see David said he's our manhood, but was he gay? Was he bisexual? And so this is a part of what I have termed the corruption of black history. And the whole goal is to keep young people from learning about the great ones of the past and seeing themselves as those who should go and take the baton so that they can pick up what Malcolm left off. Pick up where Dr. King left off and keep on running and so that they run their leg of the race onward and upward toward victory and liberation of our people. All right. Due to lack of time, I want to do a part two with you if you will grant us that uh, that privilege. And I want to honor man, And I want to end off with Deshaun Jackson. Yes, sir. Uh, the Hitler quote and the uh, repeated as the other. With the dirty religion, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan speaking about Hitler. And I want to share the full context of what the minister said, because, of course, they often just show you the soundbite and the little clip. But I want to start with Brother Deshaun Jackson. Are you familiar with what he initially uh, posted? I am. Do you mean the quote that was falsely attributed to Hitler? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm familiar with that. So what I wanted you to discuss was, of course, they are coming after him because of the falseness of it being from Hitler. But I wanted to talk about the truth of the statement and why I believe many of them are upset, not just because of Hitler, but because of what the quote exposes and what the quote reveals. So can you go in a little bit on the actual quote 
to defend uh, not necessarily. I don't think the brother was trying to put necessarily Hitler out there. I think he was more so interested in the statement and how true the statement was. So can you give us detail and uh, uh, some history on the statement? Yes, sir, my brother. I, I want to first of all say that, you know, brother Deshaun Jackson is a professional athlete. And oftentimes um, we really place too much on the shoulders of those who are in the world of entertainment, whether they be athletes or entertainers. Our brother, it appears, is coming into consciousness or he's becoming an awakened black man. Not that he wasn't, but we all, when we learn new knowledge, we get excited, Mm -hmm. you know? And we want to share the good that we have learned with others. So we're coming from a pure motivation. When you learn truth, you want to share it. He's not someone who necessarily has a background that I know of as a historian or as a scholar of history. And so he didn't know that that statement was not a statement that was actual fact. And so I hate to see that he's being pounced upon for really being someone who is opening his eyes to very important truths, but has not yet learned how to parse information such that he's able to share that which is credible and accurate. But you're right, Brother Ben. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad, according to Minister Farrakhan, said that Allah God, in the person of Master Farad Muhammad, revealed to him that the black man and woman of America are the real children of Israel. Those who were prophesied in the Bible and in the Holy Quran to be a people who would suffer in bondage for 400 years, but who would be a people that God would visit and he would purify them and he would ultimately elevate them and make them the cornerstone of a new world that would be the kingdom of God on earth. And so this is the truth of the situation. And I think in some of the slides, I share content from scholars in the Jewish community who have looked at archaeological research and they have drawn the conclusion that those whom the world have come to believe are the children of Israel, the Israelis, that the biblical history and their history don't match up. So while these scholars have not said that black people are the real children of Israel, they have said that their own people are not So this is significant because, again, Brother Deshaun is an athlete and an outstanding athlete. But when you get into theological questions, you have to deal with people who have an appreciation for the history of religion, archaeology, and theology. And so if you'll notice, they don't like to invite 
Brother Demetric Muhammad to these platforms or Brother Ben X or Dr. Wesley, they would like to talk to the athletes and entertainers, brothers and sisters who are not skilled in these areas. They work hard to block Minister Farrakhan and his representatives from being able to speak our truth on a mainstream platform such that millions of people around the world would conclude, you know what? The Muslims are rational. The Muslims make sense. And they presented facts. Or as they like to say in today's vernacular, they brought receipts. And I can assure you, for what you hear Minister Farrakhan say, we have receipts. We are not just popping off because we have some axe to grind against the Jewish community. On the contrary, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan has said that he has found Jewish members in his lineage or his ancestry. And we respect and admire any people who follow the prophetic tradition. But we also, in as much as we have to call out wrong within our own community, we also have to call out wrong in other communities as well. So this is a theological question. Who are the real children of Israel? So the contents of such a statement, that's true, that is who we are. I don't believe Adolf Hitler ever said that because Adolf Hitler didn't like black people either. You know, that's one thing that is clear, you know. So I want the public to understand that just because the attribution was false does not mean that the essence of what was being expressed was false. Indeed. And uh, I don't think anybody else fits that description about being enslaved in a strange land for 400 years uh, other than us. So I don't I don't know. That's right. So let's go to uh, we're going to end off with this. This is the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan here, and he's uh, speaking and he mentions Adolf Hitler. And this is a video that many of them continue to attempt to use to uh, skew the minister's words and to, I guess, make others not want to um, be next to him. And we've even seen this in recent years where, you know, big Twitter accounts and influencers would bow down to the Jewish people who came and said, well, you're supporting a man who said uh, uh, Hitler was a great man without getting the full context. So for those who have never heard the full context or seen the full video other than the small sound bites that they always share. Here's the full context from the minister right here. Here the Jews don't like Farrakhan, so they call me Hitler. Well, that's a good name. Hitler was a very great man. He wasn't great for me as a black person but he was a great German and he rose Germany up from the ashes of her defeat by the uh, united force of all of Europe and America after the first world war yet Hitler took Germany from the ashes and rose her up and made her the greatest fighting machine of the 20th century. Brothers and sisters, 
And even though Europe and America had deciphered the code that Hitler was using to speak to his chief of staffs, they still had trouble defeating Hitler even after knowing his plans in advance. Now, I'm not proud of Hitler's evil against Jewish people. Now, that statement right there alone, if they would have allowed the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan's words to play, would give you all the context that you need. So I'm going to go back just a few seconds and let him say that once again. Now, I'm not proud of Hitler's evil against Jewish people. But that's a matter of record. He rose Germany up from nothing. Well, in a sense, you could say there's a similarity in that we are rising our people up from nothing. But don't compare me with your wicked killers. So I'm going to end off right there. So, Brother uh, Demetrius, share your thoughts on that full context now from the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. You know, Brother Ben, I'm so happy that you shared that clip uh, because that is the genesis around which so much of the uh, negative talk and character assassination of Minister Farrakhan began. First of all, I want to say that as you shared you see that Minister Farrakhan never used the term gutter. You see that the minister was not praising Hitler as someone that he admires and respects. He said, don't compare me to your wicked killers as a reference to Hitler. But he said what many other sources have said. I think you'll see in the slides, we even showed that former president John F. Kennedy had things that he said about Hitler in terms of Hitler being someone of great historical consequence. In addition to that, if you look up the uh, encyclopedia entry in the Encyclopedia Britannica for Adolf Hitler, you see how the Encyclopedia Britannica lists Hitler and his historical significance. So to refer to someone as great historically does not mean that you admire them or you want to emulate them, does not mean that you want to pattern your life after theirs, does not mean that you agree with what they did. You know, the term great is not synonymous with the term good. Something can be great, like a great white shark, you know, or a great nation, but great is not synonymous with good. And so the minister was saying that Hitler was a man of consequence. He rose his people up. That's the extent to which the comparison the minister is making goes in the sense that he is a great man that is raising up his people. But again, he says Hitler was a wicked killer and the minister does not have a record of being a wicked killer. Quite the contrary. The record of Minister Farrakhan is one of a salvific work, one where he has been involved in saving, redeeming, repairing, and rebuilding 
everything that he has been involved in. And so this has been used over and over again to assassinate the minister's character. Yet I could show you other people who have lauded Hitler that have even received awards from members of the Jewish community. I can show you where that there was a period of time where the name Hitler was a popular Jewish surname in New York City. So when we begin to study, you know, our old assumptions about certain things evaporate in the presence of facts, evidence, and truth. And this is what we have to begin to develop as a people. We have to become a people who look carefully into things. We have to become a people who now once again read and study because as great as all of the tools of social media and the internet are, they are not a substitute for that which is contained inside libraries. We have to render the death knell to that old trite statement, Brother Ben, that you and I have heard many days and many years. And that statement is this. If you want to hide something, from a black man or black woman, just put it in a book. Yeah. And unfortunately, in 2020, that statement still has some truth to it because for many folk, if they saw it on YouTube, it's true. If they saw it on the news program, it's true. If they saw somebody share it on Facebook, it's true. See? And they never go and see, is this actually true according to what has been published and documented? So the minister there you're giving it in its pure raw form. And I'm happy that the people are getting a chance to see it so they can see for themselves that the minister is innocent of what they have charged him with. Yes, sir. And uh, brothers and sisters, I will keep you guys updated on when we will do the part two, hopefully soon. If you want that text update, text peace, P E A C E to two, one, four, Eight three three seven seven eight one. If you want to get the text notifications, text peace p e a p e a c e to two one four eight three three seven seven eight one. Brother Dimitriak, thank you for your time. Please let them know where can they follow you on social media and where can they go to find these magnificent books that you have defending the Nation of Islam, defending the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, and most importantly, the one everybody's been looking for, but didn't y'all kill Malcolm? Where can they go find those books at? Yes, sir, Brother Ben. I'm on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, but didn't, uh, um, not but didn't you kill Malcolm, but Brother Dimitri <laughs> Muhammad on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, and uh, researchminister.com is our website. It's the exclusive place to get the book, but then you kill Malcolm. Uh, we also have uh, our other titles on researchminister.com and also have them on amazon.com as well. Police in the Black Community, uh, Who Do They Say I Am, uh, Hail Elijah, etc. Uh, and so we look forward to being able to, to continue to provide those resources. Uh, to our people because the minister is a man about sharing knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. And I know everybody that follows Brother Ben X has had an increase in their appetite for knowledge, wisdom, and understanding as a result of your great work, which really is a ministry. All praise due to Allah. Well, all praises due to Allah. Thank you for uh, coming and may Allah bless you to continue to defend the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. And I can't wait to bring you back next time. Thank you, my brother. Look forward to it. Yes, sir. Assalamu alaikum.
Walaikum salam. All right, family. That's it, man. Uh, I'm glad you all were able to hear our brother Demetri. Please go support him and get that book. Uh, just to share with you guys my thoughts about the uh, Deshaun Will. Uh, I don't know why I keep wanting to say Deshaun Williams. Where that's coming from? Deshaun Jackson. I initially uh, went the route where saying, "Oh, here we go again. Another brother bucking his knees to the Jewish people." That was my initial route that I was going to go because I was still a little heated at Fox Soul. Uh, and I understand that Fox Soul isn't necessarily uh, black owned, but they represent black people and they're targeting black people and they have uh, black hosts. So I was a little disappointed at that. But then again, I'm not uh, too disappointed because I know who's at the root of those networks. So I kind of was going to go the route of here we go again, another brother denouncing the minister. But when I, I rose above my emotions into the thinking of God. I began to say, maybe he's not necessarily denouncing the minister. Maybe he's just apologizing for that Hitler quote. And then that process ended up deleting the minister because maybe of the backlash. But then I had to remember I was with, I think, uh, Brother Supreme one time and he was speaking about almost like what Brother Dimitri said. We, you know, we put too much on him sometimes and what. Uh, Brother Supreme said is that uh, their reality isn't our reality. You know what I mean? And sometimes we would like for them to respond in the way that we would respond, but they're in a position that we're not. So we should continue to feed on their nature and defend them as the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan would. And it made me um, think back on the minister's lecture, uh, July 4th, um, because when he was speaking about Chelsea, who ended up, I think she apologized and she deleted the minister's uh, video as well. He didn't necessarily condemn her during that July 4th um, message. He understood her seeking knowledge. And he says, and he offered her, continue to look at my lectures. Continue to look at me in full. Then you will get the right understanding of Minister Farrakhan. So he understood that her perception may have been tainted. And we too, as followers of his and sympathizers of his must understand that their perception is tainted as well as some of y'all probably was tainted before. And you overcame knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. And you came into knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. I mean, and now you have a different view. So speaking of brother Malcolm, brother Malcolm says, don't be so quick to condemn those who don't think like you or do as you do as fast because there was a time when you didn't know what you know. So let's continue to rise above our emotions into the thinking of God. Let's continue to feed our people. And I want to give a original salute to our brother, uh, Stephen Jackson, man, that brother been going hard for the minister, man. He's been standing 10 toes down and he even said, listen, I'm a student of the minister. He said, he said, there's nothing you can say to me. That can change my mind about the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. This is the words of our brother Stephen Jackson, who was the twin of brother George Floyd. And I believe that he responded as well. Let me see if I can find it when he responded. I know he responded to the whole situation. Let me see if I can find it or did he delete it? Let me see if I can find what he said. Is this it right here? Let me see if this is it. What up, world? Today's word is assume. Assume. Tell my Jewish people, I love y'all. Y'all took the video the wrong way. I said he was right stemming from a conversation we had before I got on live about how they handling him 
and how they handled Cooper when he said the N-word. They didn't handle him the same way, and that wasn't right. And that's what that's what I was talking about. I love y'all, and you'll never find a video or article of me saying I hate anybody. Let me clear that up. Assume, today's word. As a black man, you get pulled over by the police, they assume you about to run. They assume you got drugs in the car. They assume you got a gun. They assume the worst, right? I didn't say nothing about Jews or, or supporting Hitler at all in that video. But that's what they assume I said. And y'all wonder why we fighting for equality. Because y'all assume the worst from a black man. I love everybody. I've always stood that way. Love for all who have love for all. So why would you assume I hate somebody? So that was the words of Brother Stephen. And I believe, let me see, this is the video that he's referring to. I believe. Let me see. Let's check it out. Oh, oh. Let me say this too. To finish that last message. I don't give a fuck who I offend. Ain't nobody gave a fuck about offending us all this time. Ain't nobody standing up when people are saying shit, racist shit about us. So no, I don't give a fuck about offending nobody. And that's just what it is. If you know me, you know I love everybody the same way. But what I'm standing for now, if you don't understand it, then you never knew me. You was just around me for the wrong reasons. Love for all who have love for all. It's that simple. If you don't love everybody, then so be it. That's on you. But I'm looking to offend you. I'm looking to piss you off. Them days you being comfortable and treating people like shit and being racist is over. Big facts. Yes, sir. All right, this is the this is the original video right here. We we gon here it is. Hey man, with all this I be saying, all these facts I be saying too. I try to make everything understandable for y'all. How it ain't rocket science. How it's simple, right? And it is people that's on the side with us. It is people that understand what we saying, and not hearing to respond, or not hearing to debate what we saying. It's a lot of people that's listening to us that understand that what we're saying is right and understand that we're not saying that to demean another race. We're saying it to educate people and understand why we hurt, why we want equality. And a lot of people know what's been done to us. They just ain't never had the conversation or never had the guts to admit it. I want to salute Steve Kerr for reaching out. I want to salute the coach from Minnesota for reaching out. I want to salute Mark Cuban for reaching out. I want to salute Adam Silver for reaching out because they understand it ain't about hate. We just want equality. Hey, man. So that's uh, Stephen Jackson. And uh, of course, we can't leave without these words from the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. I hope y'all under, uh, I don't know why I said understand. I hope y'all enjoyed the show uh, because I want to leave y'all with this. This is for everybody who uh, is a Muslim or non-Muslim that we should stand on truth no matter who or what? Check this out. We cast truth at falsehood till we knock out its brains. Every one of you that knows the truth, stand up and tell it from the mountaintop. Black people can't take it no more. So wherever you are on the job, in the factory, I don't care where you are. If you know the truth, Stand up on the truth and tell Satan, who the hell are you to try and pick my friends?
Farrakhan. Farrakhan is God's man. And you are from the enemy of God. So to hell with you. Stand up on it like a man. Boy, the minister, boy, it, boy, can't nobody, listen, if you can't get fired up by the minister, boy, you, you just ain't got no engine in you. I'm going to just put it like that. The minister make it all, oh, man, he put fire under you, man. Set up like a man. <laughs> and the minister be rumbling, you know what I mean? He got that powerful voice. You stand up and tell the truth. Stand up like a man. And a woman. And you speak the truth. And to hell with the enemy. I mean, I mean, good God almighty, the minister, boy. You can't, hey, I don't care who don't like the minister, man. Man, the minister going to fire you up, man. He going to, he that lion, man, that's getting up next to the pussycats, man, waking that lion up inside of us, man. That roar, man, a lion, you know a lion, man, by that roar, boy. So, yeah, man, I appreciate everybody for watching the Brother Ben X podcast, man. I know. Uh, that you guys got a, a abundance of information from Brother Dimitri. Please support his website. He got some magnificent black tastic books for you to go out there and get. And uh, if you guys would like to support my channel, if you guys would like to support uh, my shows, you can donate via Cash App, dollar sign Brother Ben X, dollar sign Brother Ben X. Also, you guys know that I'm a financial coach as well, and I show people how to become financially free with digital real estate. Uh, our merchant account got shut down and we are now back up with the black owned company. So you can go to brotherbeinlinks.com, brotherbeinlinks.com, and you can get access to our financial programs like uh, digital real estate, 100K blueprint, uh, our ABS weekly coaching, our ABS tribe. All of that is now back available under brotherbeinlinks.com. With that being said, thank you guys for listening for the 15th time. You have a blacktastic day. Peace. Look for the lesson. That's where we'll find the blessing. Look for the lesson, and that's where you'll find the blessing. See, some of y'all done went through something in your past, and you call it an L. Man, I done took an L. Yeah, you took an L. But do you, are, are you interpreting that L as a loss, or are you interpreting that L as a lesson? Your attitude determines your altitude. What attitude do I have? Am I looking at this from God's eyes, or am I looking from it from my little selfish, little small eyes? When something is going on in the world, how do I look at it? Do I look at it as, oh, the world is over with? Or do I look at it and say, what is, what's going on here? What is the purpose of this? Why was this permitted? Because, see, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan talked about with the will of God, when he, will, when he wants to will a thing into existence, he considers the thoughts and plans of the enemy and uses their plan and uses their will to bring his will more into fruition. So he even considers their thoughts. He considers what they're going to do. So it may appear that they had, they, it appear they won here or they did something here, but that was all a part of the plan the whole time to bring about a greater good. So if we can expand our mindset and see the good out of things, the law of polarity, if we can look and see the good out of what's going on, now we can look at ourselves and say, oh, if we just do this right here, we can use this as our advantage. Look for the lesson, that's where we'll find the blessing.